So welcome to this morning uh, talk, which is on libera- if liberation wishful thinking. So, um, liberation and wishful thinking. So two key, two key uh, terms there. Liberation and wishful thinking. So, first, when we talk about liberation, generally, for the general mass of people, words words normally have uh, connotative and denotative meanings. Denotative meaning means the actual dictionary meaning of the word. For instance, if you want to write something for the public or for a literary purpose, if what you are going to say, if what some of the, if the words you're going to use are things that mean something else with, contextually, in, in contrariness to what generally people know about that technology, you need to define them. And that is operational definition. So here, generally, you know, people know about liberation is, is, is a buzzword. Because you find everywhere people talking about liberation. There are wars all over the place. People are fighting for, you know, liberation, fighting for emancipation from, you know, <clears throat> some type of oppression or whatever, imprisonment, wrong imprisonment, or whatever. So all over, all over the world, uh, there are so many liberation movements all over the world. But these are basically addressing the ephemeral aspect of liberation. In other words, the transitory, it has to do with basically the body, communities, nations. So in general, when people talk about liberation, they are really referring to the denotative meaning of liberation, which literally means to be free from imprisonment or oppression or subjugation or whatever. Now, when we talk about spiritual liberation, that is another dimension. But it stems from, again, the general understanding of liberation. So, from the material aspect of liberation, we know it has to do with uh, decastrating yourself. I mean, uh, try to decastrate yourself. If you're castrated, if you're incarcerated, or you are in prison, you have to get, if you are, you are put to jail, or you are standing trial, and then you need some, some, some lawyer to come and, you know, file for your bail. So, mentally speaking, <clears throat> if someone is in difficulty, someone is in, in prison, or someone is wrongfully jailed, or whatever, you know, you have to go to the solicitor to do some things for you. By yourself. You are jailed by yourself. How are you going to free yourself? So if you are jailed, you need someone to help you. If you, may have, you may be a Bill Gates. But once you are incarcerated, you are jailed. There are so many people have been jailed now in America within these past three months. So many top guys, top notches. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, we see. I mean, Cosby, Cosby has just been jailed, and so many other people have been jailed. Political, political um, stalwarts have been imprisoned. And the good thing in America is they can give you only one, one day imprisonment, but your record is gone. <laughs> they destroy you. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you cooperate with. With the prosecutors, with the government, let's say we reduce you, we reduce you, <laughs> we give you a minimum. 
Minimum punishment. But the point is, you, are, you have destroyed your career. That's it. Your career is destroyed. So, on the spiritual setting, or within the spiritual setting, we understand that liberation, basically, <clears throat> there are different types of liberation. Different types of liberations. And categorically, there are two types of liberation. There is the impersonal liberation, and there is the personal liberation. And within the personal liberation, we have again different, different, you know, different categories. So, uh, anyone who is really mindful, or anyone who is intelligible, will admit that, yeah, real liberation is real. <laughs> because there are so many liberation movements. And people actually are being liberated from their bondage. The problem is, uh, people, a number of people don't care so much about that spiritual aspect of liberation. We feel just very comfortable where we are and we don't really want to make some serious efforts. No operational plans, no strategic plans. And, you know, if we have to move forward, then there's a need to be able to watch out for that. So, in a nutshell, why I'm bringing up these different uh, aspects of liberation, material and spiritual, just to establish the fact that liberation is not a wishful thinking. Wishful thinking means something impractical, something, you know, you just, it's like a daydream. You're dreaming. As Lord Brahma calls it, Vimukta Manina. <laughs> yeah, you're, thinking, you're thinking you're liberated. But it's just your mind. You just think that you're liberated. So sometimes people think that, oh, liberation, it's just, no, it's just wishful thinking. It's just, you know, no one is going to be liberated anyway. But we see materially people are being liberated from jail. They get higher, they higher top class lawyers and then they come to freedom from jail. So spiritually also, we could hire top class spiritualists to free us from jail. Why not? <laughs> and we are jailbirds. We are jailbirds. Look at it from this angle that there are so many things we want to do and we can't do it. We are forced to do so many things we don't really have the time to do. We're forced to sleep. See, sometimes I think that I'm still young. So I remember when I was younger, I mean, when, like when I was in high school, I would read until maybe, you know, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, and then 7 o'clock, wake up and go to school. So, but then, now, if I don't sleep for six hours, I'm in, I'm in trouble. <laughs> So we are, we are circumscribed. That's another time of another another aspect of the imprisonment. We are highly circumscribed. There are so many things that we want to do, but you know, circumstances can't allow us to do it. I mean, it's like someone who is under house arrest. He is a, a top shot. He had, he's been involved in some criminal matter. So he's under arrest, but okay, stay in your house. You're being monitored. And you can't move out of your house. You're under house arrest. Do everything else, enjoy with your family, but you, if you want to go anywhere, no. You can travel out. 
So there are different type of imprisonments. And this material world in general, we see that we are struggling to be happy. There's nothing wrong with struggling to be happy because happiness is our birthright. But we're looking for happiness in the wrong place. And that facilitates the prolongation of our imprisonment. Because if you're a prisoner, and again in prison, you go to commit another crime. You are charged. It's not because you're a prisoner. And they will not charge you. They will not take you to court. <laughs> they will still take you to court. <laughs> it's not that. The word, the, word, the word is they will not say, well, you're already a prisoner. No problem. Just be there. <laughs> no. You are increasing, you're, you're increasing your term of imprisonment. Because whatever you do, you're still going to be a monitor based on the Constitution, based on the criminal codes of the country. So sometimes people don't seem to realize that although we are already in jail, material bodies, we are in jail. We are, we are incarcerated here. These bodies, they just, they, create, they give us so much of inconvenience. See, okay, I want to travel to London and I must go by airplane. I must have to follow particular procedures. There is so much of limitations, circumscriptions in our lives. And so sometimes people think that they are free borns. No, but no one is free born. No one is free on the planet. You show me one person who is free. Even, even President Trump is not free. Even the president of the country, he does some certain things. He could be impeached. Even as a police officer, a cops, you do some, you do, you do some certain things, you're going to be fired. You, they're going to try you in court and put you to jail if you're found guilty. So no one is really free on this planet. Sometimes people say, I don't want rules. But we are all walking based on rules. If you don't want rules, okay, go on the highway and drive anywhere you like. And you don't get some cops to pull you over. So we may say, yeah, I'm a liberated person. I mean, I, make it, I, made, I made a joke with one guy. I asked him, what's, what's your name? He told me his name, and his name, his, his name was uh, Freeborn. I <laughs> 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 then analyzed everything to him that he's not really a, a free person. He's not a freeborn. He's not even a free prisoner. So, yeah, liberation is real. And we need just to understand that although we don't want to be incarcerated, we don't want to be enslaved. Look at the situation. Look, look at ourselves. Who wants to be enslaved? Who wants orders? Who wants harassment? Now, the, the Me Too movement is making waves. But we have been harassed by the senses and the mind. No one calls the police. No one makes a report about it. Who will say, I am not being harassed by my senses and my mind? Is there anyone here who will say, I am free from harassment of <laughs> the senses and the mind? No. But we never call the police. So, the problem is, when we do have an endemic problem, we don't seem to identify it. We see things outside of our purview. 
But there are even those things that we see, they are actually our problems. We see problems out there, but actually they are our problems. The Sastra mentions, Atma Vat Manyate Jagat. We tend to project our image into the whole world. So we see, we see, we see the wrong things, but those, those wrong things, we see those wrong things because those things, they are, they are endemic in us. Otherwise, how would we see it? And that's why the perfected soul, he sees only the, pure, uh, the super soul in each and everyone's heart. He sees our good works, our good qualities. Because he's not imprisoned. He doesn't have shackles. And if you're, if you're a prisoner, you may have golden shackles, bronze shackles, iron shackles, but... Uh, Gold shackles, but the bottom line is that we, you're a prisoner, that's all. And so, it is important for us to understand that imprisonment, materially speaking, is not wishful thinking, it's real. And spiritually thinking, as spiritually uh, speaking, liberation is real. Just like liberation is real in the, spirit, uh, in the material sense, because we've seen people being liberated. We've seen people fight for, uh, nations fight for independence. Colonies fight for independence. And they become liberated. So we can also fight for our independence. Our spiritual independence. And that is why Lord Chaitanya has made these provisions for us. Through the process of devotional service, we can fight for our independence. And the problem is, people are suffering, you know, you go, you move out of your comfort zone and you see how people are suffering all over the place. And the people will even smile. I know, I know one guy, he has three PhDs, but he's very miserable. Because, you know, first, he doesn't know the objective, the ultimate objective criterion of human existence. He says he doesn't believe in God. But there are so many things that he has so many questions unanswered. And science can't answer those questions for him. So it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you have high social status and then that determines your happiness. Yes, that may help you, that may facilitate your happiness, but if we, if we lack the foundation, the essential ingredients that enhance happiness, then we basically are not going to be happy. We don't find prisoners happy. One basic characteristic of prisoners is that they are not happy. If they are in prison, how are they going to be happy? They left their family, they left their loved ones, and they are isolated. Sometimes they commit suicide. So, it is important for us to understand why we have to embark on this liberation effort, this effort for our self-independence. Independence from the charcoals of material nature, from the uh, from the impeachments <laughs> Of material nature. <laughs> yeah, we've been impeached all, all over the place. But, you know, we just feel very, we feel comfortable. We smile. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. A oh, great. <laughs> A prisoner saying, Oh, great. That's who we are. We are so pretentious. I remember when I had a, I had a terrible accident that led to all of this, my health problems in 1990. So I was in a, uh, uh, what do you call it? ICU. So, you know, the nurse comes in the morning, the senior nurse of that ward, she comes in the morning and she says, good morning, patients. And everybody says, good morning. 
Nas. I kept quiet. Then she came, she came around to me and said, Pastor Dave, good morning. I said, you think that this morning is good for me? And I'm in, your, I'm in this ward here. But she busted out laughing. She said she has never seen this type of patient. <laughs> I said, this is a practical thing. The morning is not good for me. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in this, you know, intensive care unit. I had an accident. I had bladder rupture. I had pelvic fractures. And I'm lying down on the bed. Can't eat, can't do anything. And you are, you are saying that the morning is good for me. <laughs> so, it's like telling a prisoner, good morning. And then he says, I mean, you ask, how are you? Oh, it's great. It's great in here. There's nothing great in here on this planet. Because we don't really understand the real greatness of being liberated from the shackles of material bondage. We feel very comfortable. So if you go back to the Vedic literature, the very concept of impersonal liberation is condemned by Lord Brahma. Because the impersonalists, they work so hard and they are more scholarly than the personalists. If you go and meet any Mayavadi, that's why Prabhupada warned us, even Lord Chaitanya warned, that we should not have any business with Mayavadis <laughs> because they can, they can really pollute your, pollute your consciousness and they can defeat you practically in all philosophical arguments. They will defeat you with all type of jugglery of words. They are the scholars of the, you know, of the age. They know how to juggle here and there I mean, it's like you, you meet a real top-class lawyer. They look for small fault in your evidence to incriminate, incriminate you. They will incriminate you just based on small thing. And so now there's a system. If you find that the prosecutor is trying to use your own statements to incriminate you, you can say, I plead for the fifth. <laughs> No, no, what? I won't answer you. <laughs> so, this is how we are living our lives. And the impersonalists, they tend to think that by working so hard, studying so hard, and then at the end of it, they merge into the Brahman fortunes. They merge into Nevada. Now, this type of liberation is better than anything, better than just being a materialist. At least they know about spirituality, except that they are the impersonalists. They are going for the Brahman fortunes, the all pervasive spirit. Now, Krishna could be realized in three phases. Brahmati, Brahmati, Paramatmati, and Bhagavan. So we have the Brahman effulgence, which is the impersonal or pervasive form of the law, I mean, uh, spirit that the majority of people actually aspire to, to attain. But that type of liberation, you get fed up. Because when you merge into the Brahmana fortunes, uh, there is no activity there. And the nature of the soul is, one of those characteristics of the soul is activity. And that's why when even the body is, is resting, sleep, you are sleeping, your subtle body is actively involved. You find yourself in dreams, going to places, that's the subtle body, which is the carrier of the soul. 
So then, what happens is that the impersonal liberation doesn't afford us the opportunity to be active. And then we get fed up. And then we fell back to the material world to be involved in philanthropic activities. Because once you fall from, the, from that high position, you have, you have accumulated lots and lots of pious merit. And so resources are not going to be a problem. But you would not even think of what really had transpired earlier. You have all resources, but then your mindset, there is, there is some purity. And so you're thinking of how to help people. And that's why you find that people who are highly philanthropic, they're not, they're, they're not just doing that for the sake of doing it. They have, they have some, you know, krita punya punja, that some heaps and heaps of pious merit. And because they fall from that high position, they have to, you know, exhaust again all of their assets or their accumulated pious merit. So they have to invest their resources in trying to help people. But according to La Brahma, although these impersonalists, they think that they are liberated. But again, La Brahma says that Yenye Ravidraksa Vimukta Maninas, Tawasta Baba, Awisuda Buddha. This type of mindset, he said, is Awisuda Buddha, impure intelligence that makes the impersonalists think that they are liberated. Because they will fall back again from that position, back to the material, uh, to the material uh, world, to embark on you know, philanthropic activities. So a number of people who are highly philanthropic, I mean, understand, they're not common people. <laughs> they're, not, they're not common people, except that they are not lucky enough to encounter you know, someone who has to really brighten up their day with Krishna consciousness. But to be, to be able to have resources and use them for the benefit of others, that is a great, a great credibility. And so, beyond or apart from the impersonal liberation, the personal liberation Again, we have different types. You can go to Vaikuntha Loka and attain the same features with the Lord. Or you can go to um, Krishna Loka. Now, to go to Krishna Loka, that is the prerogative of Lord Chaitanya's special mercy. Because before the advent of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the worship of Krishna was there. But it was basically uh, people don't seem to really understand the different uh, hierarchies in spiritual attainment. And in, in, in a number of cases, some, some people, they were just focused on worship of Krishna. But according to Prabhupada, you can't really get you can't get Krishna without the mercy of Radha. And so when Lord Chaitanya introduced this uh, Madhurya, Madhurya Ras in the uh, Vaishnava system, it basically is like a, a breakthrough. Because if you can't even get Krishna without pleasing Radha, and if Radha is not being worshipped, then that's a, that's a, serious, a serious predicament. In the words of Prabhupada, he mentioned uh, Krishna Tabba Punya Habe Bai Epunya Koribir Jabbe Radharani Kusi Habe Druva Ati Bole Tumatai. That Prabhupada composed this uh, poem when it was aboard uh, the Jaladuta. So Prabhupada mentioned that no, he said, Brothers, you should know this. 
No one can attain Krishna. No one can really attain Krishna without pleasing Radha. And so here we have Radha besides Krishna. And sometimes, you know, people don't seem to understand the very essence of the worship of Radha. Because as Krishna is there, I mean, it's like you have, okay, take a gross example. You have a friend. You want to go and see your friend. He's a man. You want to go and see your friend. He has a wife. How are you going to see her? How are you going to go and spend a weekend with him? The wife has, it is a wife that you really have to walk through. <laughs> it's, it's a simple analogy, you know, a simple thing. <laughs> so, in a similar way, uh, or take another example, this might not be very apt, but just something near to it. Suppose you, you want to have a close relationship with, you know, Trump. What you can do, if you know one of his sons or one of his daughters, who, whom he loves very dearly, and you are strong, strongly connected with that person, that person is your friend, oh, they will just take you to Trump and say, hey, dad, this is my friend. <laughs> So, the bottom line is that we need someone to be able to give us a leeway. And that is the Acharya. The Acharya gives us uh, the green light. He shows us the way. He goes away and shows the way. He, he unlocks the door for us to be able to enter into the kingdom of the kingdom of God, Krishna's, uh, Krishna's uh, loka, or Krishna loka. And therefore, this very worship of Radha and Krishna uh, is very significant to our liberation efforts, to our efforts to become decastrated from the charcoals of birth, death, disease, and old age. You know, when people are born, we're happy. When they die, we feel very sad. Why we feel sad? Because the soul never dies. And so, we, everybody ought to live eternally. But we have acquired material bodies. These material bodies will only stay for some time. And the soul had to relocate. So the essence of having a human body is that we prepare for that final relocation of the soul, of the spirit soul, but not, not to relocate to another, to take up another body. We are aspiring to relocate, attain our spiritual nature, and relocate back to the spiritual world. That is the final step in liberation effort. Otherwise, if you're not comfortable here in Maryland, you may say, well, I want to go to California. I mean, it's like I was in Upstate some years ago. I was living in Upstate. And, you know, I went out <clears throat> in New Rochelle. I went out to get some things fixed on my, on my phone. And here I saw, I saw three young boys. They came to run me up. And then they were, started discussing with me. So I told them what I do, uh, my travels, and how I'm a spiritualist. And I said, so all the places you've, you've, you've traveled to, which place is the best? New York? I said, no. <laughs> I said, all the places are the same. Why? They say, why? They are all places where death, disease, old age takes place. <laughs> they say, it's so true. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, 
The point is, actual liberation means we identify the problems that we are having. The problem that we are having, all of the problems we are having is that is rooted in the point that we have been incarcerated. We have been imprisoned in material bodies, in the material world. So except we come to this recognition, except we come to this understanding and make some conscious efforts to become, to, re, to, to gain our freedom. And that conscious effort is being provided in the process of devotional service where we worship Lord Krishna and his consort, Srimati Rani. And by the merciful glance of Srimati Rani, <coughs> By the sidelong glance of Simon to the Dharani, we will be able to please Krishna. And so, this is the opportunity that has been given to us. So we can, we can take proper advantage of it. Otherwise, if we miss out the chance, again, we may, we may just relocate to another, another sphere or another realm or another place in the material world, in, this, in the prison, another cell. Why move from one cell to the other in prison? Well, just be, be liberated, just become decastrated. And you, you attain your freedom, you can, do your, you, you can do your stuff. So in a similar way, we can also attain our eternal status as Spirits, uh, uh, spirit souls, we can regain our status as servants of Krishna. We can regain our status from of being freed from <clears throat> bad disease and old age. Nobody wants old age, you know. Nobody wants to die. Now, these days, there are all these uh, di different type of surgeries, plastic surgeries that keeps you, keeps you young. But the soul is never yovener. The soul, the soul is ever youthful. The soul, when we attain our spiritual status, we are always looking sweet system. Who doesn't want sweet 16 age? <laughs> so here is the secret. Either we go on trying with different types of plastic surgery and all these type of things, but then sometimes it falls apart, you know? I know the case of, uh, what's the name of this guy? Uh, Michael Jackson. You know, he did his plastic surgery. Michael, Michael Jackson. Yeah, he did his plastic surgery and and Michael Jackson, he was so much afraid of disease and death that, you know, he had to live in a particular, you know, glass cage that, so that there would be no, you know. <laughs> but he died, he, he died anyway. So no matter how we try to insulate ourselves, the attack of old age and disease is so subtle. We, we, can't, we can't fight against it. This is a physical body, and this is come subtly. How are you going to deal with that? I mean, it's like trying to use the finite information or finite knowledge we have to evaluate the infinite supreme absolute truth. It doesn't work in that way. So, uh, the conscious efforts we are making to try to protect ourselves, they're good. But better than just trying to do something that is not really practical. By trying to live in this world and think that we are going to, we are going to be eternal and free from disease, old age, and death, that is the real wishful thinking. <laughs> Liberation itself is real. It's not wishful thinking. 
we can make some efforts to become liberated. And in devotional service, Lord Chaitanya has given us a great opportunity. Prabhupada has allowed us to become part of that retinue. And therefore, we should take advantage of devotional life. We should be thinking, if someone else is becoming liberated, why not I? The tendency is that we, we think, oh, he's not doing it. He's not being serious. Okay? I will also, also not be serious. <laughs> but there are so many people who are serious. We don't look at those people who are serious. We, we think, oh, this person is not serious. Let me also just relax. Why move so, why, why move so fast? But there's no need to waste so much of time. Some people are in the prison. They don't want to get out from the prison. There are people like that. You try to bring them out, they commit some crime again to go back there because they, they are assured of three square meals. <laughs> and a place to stay, a place to sleep. <laughs> that's a serious, that's a serious, those are serious cases. So we have to see how we are taking advantage of our human form of life to imbibe devotional culture and become liberated from the clutches of birth, death, disease, and old age. Any comments or questions? Yes. you know, uh, feeling compassion or, you know, kind of getting involved in the world and at the same time nurturing that desire to kind of break the illusion and go back home. How do you, you know, sometimes one could say that's like a bit of spiritual selfishness because you really mm. just want to get home. Mm -hmm. um, and shouldn't you be, you know, thinking of others first? So how do you how do you respond to that? Right. <clears throat> yeah, you, we we can't really give something we don't have. If we don't have some dollars to give someone a dime, could be a problem because a dime can only be gotten from a dollar. <laughs> so first of all, we need to have. Uh, we need to have that type of energy or spiritual stamina. And that basically comes through devotional service. The devotional service empowers us to be, become real good doers. So if we don't perform, if we don't practice our sadhana nicely, we will not be enthused to help people. Because we will just become salvationist. If I'm not able even to, to wake up, to turn my rounds in the morning, how am I going to think of helping any, anybody? I'm, I'll just be like, you know, my consciousness will be so much cl uh, cl uh, clouded with you know, my own identification and my immediate needs. But if we are able to do, go the extra mile to perform some little austerity to be regulated. If we are regulated, we'll go to bed on time, wake up on time to do our chanting, and immediately you, immediately you, finish, immediately you finish your chanting, you will see that desire to help people. That desire to help people will just, you know, it will just crop up. If we have not done the chanting, we, we are bitter with ourselves. We don't feel comfortable. I mean, it's like, if someone is hungry, he's always angry. Whatever, whatever good thing you tell a hungry person, he frowns at you. So in a similar way, if we don't feed ourselves spiritually, 
It is difficult to try to help people because we will not, we're not happy. But we'll find that all of, the, all of our charities who, look at the case of Prabhupada. He was so much dedicated to Sadhana. At that time, they were charging 64 rounds. And so, even as a householder, they were chanting so much, but because they are having, the chanting is giving them a purity of heart, it is only when your heart is becoming purified that you think of helping people. That's why I mentioned about even the philanthropists. They had lots and lots of pious merit, so we don't look at them as people who just have money and they give it away. So many people have money, they, don't, they are misers. They don't give a cent out. <laughs> so, if we accumulate some pious merit by the practice of sadhana, automatically the desire to help people crops up. It comes up in consciousness. Because then, we are impelled to like scout for people that we will also have to go back home, back to God every day. Because Krishna basically doesn't want us to come and say, uh, here, 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 here I come. Here I come. Krishna will want to know, yeah, but what do you do for me? <laughs> How many of your brothers out there? How many of your sisters? Everybody there is my part and parcel. Lord Krishna said, Mama, Evam so, Jiva Loki. What did you do to help them to bring back to me? Or you just wanted to save your own neck? Krishna is not so much impressed that we become salvationists. So, yeah, your question is very uh, important for us, important to us, in the sense that a devotee is not supposed to be a salvationist. But if a devotee does not practice, if he's not a devotee practitioner, he will end up becoming a salvationist. Because he will not be enthused, he will not have the motivation to help people. How we have the motivation to help people is that we align strongly with Krishna. And how do we align with Krishna? In the age of Kali, in the 21st century, by chanting Krishna's names. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. If someone is not chanting, he will not be enthused to preach. If not, someone is not doing some service, he will not be enthused to preach. He will not be enthused to help others. That's the bottom line. So, we can really see how we are not only... In fact, the more we try to connect deeply with Krishna, the more Krishna gives us the empowerment to become liberated and to help to liberate other people. So, the two are not separable from each other. The, we, we know the aspiration to become connected with Krishna, we practice to become connected with Krishna, and we, do, we connect with Krishna, and Krishna gives us, infuses us with that uh, potency to be able to help others. Krishna, Shakti, Vinanahe, Tara Pravatana. If one is not empowered, how is he going to spread Krishna consciousness? So empowerment comes with devotional practice. And so if we are practicing, if we are giving time, if we are giving two hours to Krishna out of 24 hours <laughs> to chant Krishna's names, Krishna gave us 24 hours pro bono, free, no charges. If we just take two hours out of those 24 hours and associate with Krishna, he will give us the empowerment to become real, compassionate people, to help others. So in that way, you can move in the world, mix with people, talk with people, all workplace, family, community, but you become even contagious that just by your presence, people will want to become uh, familiar with what you're doing. So the chanting actually, it gives, it gives us a lot of uh, uh, a spiritual, spiritual empowerment to help other people. But if we, if we neglect the chanting, 
then everything begin, begins to go down. Our own personal lives will not be happy, and uh, the, we will not lose the aspiration to help other people. Does it address the equation, Mataji? All right, so any, any comments or questions? Giri, any questions or comments? I mean, you know, the title of your class is, you know, it's, it's not imagination, or is it imagination? You huh? You, 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 you titled the class as Liberation Imagination. And, and you, you address that somewhat, but it, 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 your answer kind of presupposes, right, the fact that there is this other realm and, you know, that, that, we can, that we can attain to. As many people don't have any faith in liberation, that like, this is the best we can do. You just have to get used to it, right? This is, this is they say, pie in the sky, right? right? So how, how do we gain the faith and the conviction that there is such a thing? Yeah. Yeah. The conviction is through reading, through reading the scriptures, through associating with the people who are of that uh, caliber. If, if you meet somebody and then he says, oh, I'm a PhD, and you say, how am I going to be convinced about that? <laughs> you go investigate other, other, with other professors, how they, become, uh, how they attain that status, and then you get to know. And then perhaps you'll be enthused to motivate your child or your community uh, kids to go for a higher professional development because that is very valuable. So knowledge gives us some conviction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Slip up our key.